we're different. We're no ordinary sports talk network. Not only do we have a roster of world-class experts, but they tell you gaming strategies to help you win. Any simpler, and we'd have to hold your hand. And nobody wants that. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Live from Sin City. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. All right, folks, away we go. It is the college football edition of Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing in Las Vegas. And, man, this is when we get down to brass tacks. We get some rivalry games this week, monster rivalry games next week. The playoffs are up in the air. Monster football games, incredible angles that are in play, and two of the very best are going to help us along our merry way in a little bit. Mark Lawrence from PlaybookSports.com is going to join us. But out of the gate, uh, we fire a big shot with our pal Kenny White from KennyWhiteSports.com. Welcome aboard, Kenny. It is so hard to fathom that we have two weeks left in the regular season in college football. How did this happen? Yeah, it flew by. I can't believe it. But for me right now, it's, I guess, the best of both worlds that with college basketball and college football both colliding at the same time, Believe me, I'm counting down. I'm thinking about what is my next big day? Uh, when do I get a little bit of a break? And it will be, you're right, after this weekend when I have to do the uh, college football lines for next week will be my will be my last busiest weekend of the year. Yeah. Oh, no. I, and, uh, it's it's awesome. I mean, they, they better be paying their electric bills, Kenny, and all these sports books with the LED boards to put all these games up. Yeah, it's uh, – Boy, uh, you know, the day and age, this is an amazing day and age. I can't wait to kind of do a little bit of a documentary on the way it used to be. When I first started in the industry, there were some sports books that had a chalkboard at the Churchill Downs, and they wrote their odds in chalk. We had a a whiteboard, and we had uh, each team had magnetic uh, plaque for each team. And every morning, we had a board guy had to put up all the plaques and then you'd write the game number and the time, and everything was written in. And then the scores were written in. And we had one TV in the Santa Anita. That was it. And it didn't work very well. And when the reception didn't come in, the, the maintenance guy would walk around and he would hit it with a broomstick till, till the reception bounced and back it's, in. It's not just a marketing buzzword. The truth is that people have a sports book in the palm of their hand now. Right. Yeah, you're right. They have, they have the sports book in the palm of their hand. Hey, let's so dive, dive into some of these big games. And this is a real interesting one Kenny with SMU uh, at Cincinnati and we're looking at Cincinnati land 10 and a half well, it's a mixed bag let's call it 11 and a half actually the consensus and the total on the game is 65 since he's sitting there and they get this huge opportunity to possibly be playing in the playoff SMU had a great season going they stubbed their toe and then that old bubble burst thing kicked in that we talked about they lost the following week to Memphis but they've regrouped the pressure on Cincinnati. I I just look at the game, Kenny, and I can't wait to hear your breakdown of it. To me, they're both very good football teams, but you throw this stuff out there occasionally. This one to me is a correlated parlay. If you think SMU shows up here and are going to have an opportunity to take out Cincinnati, they're going to suck them in to make them play a track meet. Cincy's defense is better. If Cincy's defense dictates the day, I think it's correlated to the under. That's my belief. What do you say? Well, that, that could possibly be true. Um, one fact that, uh, well, 
Well, here's the deal, though, Brian. When you're when you're looking at the defensive team, you want to take the points and go under. Rewrite. You want the dog and under. And if you mm-hmm. if right. you like, if you got a big favorite, you want the favorite and over. So. I'm not sure if it can come favorite and over or dog and under in this game because you're right. If Cincinnati's defense dictates the game, they'll probably keep it under the total, but maybe then they cover the spread. Um, I like SMU in the game. My, my total's right. My total's right on the total. Basically, I, I do have it a little bit higher. Maybe you're right there. It's dog and over parlay in this situation. Is that's what you're saying? Um, well, that's SMU's game, right? I mean, they they want to go up and down the field. You like S- if you like SMU. Uh, and I respect you. If you like SMU, I like the over. Uh, uh, you know, you talk to other guys. If they think Cincy's defense is the ticket, <laughs> I would just say if Cincy's winning, it's it's it probably stays under. Personally, I think. So so SMU plays fast. They're twenty second in the country. They score forty one points a game, and their quarterback Taylor Mordecai he has thirty seven touchdown passes already this year with two games to go. And you're right, this is an SMU team that started seven and zero. Uh, and then they lose a really tough battle to, to, to Houston, 44-37, dictated by SMU's pace, went over. Um, and, and SMU is actually the favorite in that game, minus three on the road. They lose, you're right, the bubble burst, but they did play a good game against Memphis. They were a three-point favorite on the road. They lose by three. So they're eight and two. Their two losses are by seven points and three points. They followed that up the next week at uh, Central Florida, who had actually lost their quarterback in week four. Central Florida was on a three-game winning streak, destroying Memphis, Temple, and Tulane. And then SMU goes in and beats them 55-28. They beat a really good football team, destroyed them. So I think SMU's back on track. Cincinnati, I feel like, hey, they're feeling the pressure. They're 0-4 ATS the last four weeks, and I don't think they've even been close. So – the pressure is mounting in Cincy. So I'll take the points with SMU. All right. We got a bunch of games we're going to dive into in the next segment. Kenny, tell them about all the good information, great information at your website. Thank you, Brian. KennyWhiteSports.com. We've got great expert handicappers to do the work for you, if that's the way you want to go. Or if you want to do all your own work, we've got a newsletter out each and every week that helps. Great information, written content, charts, power ratings galore, and also written write-ups about games that we like. Uh, Then you have the PowerRatings.com, and that is just strictly Power Ratings and projections, the final scores of every single game played that day. So five sports, $19.99 a month gets you five sports in the Power Ratings. we got a lot of games we're going to dive into. Glad he's with us. Kenny White is our guest. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio. It's our college football edition. What a weekend it's going to be in college football. Glad you're with us. Sirius 159 and the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. Glad to be back with you, Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Sirius 159, and on the Sports Grid Radio Network platform. Brian Blessing in Las Vegas. We've got Kenny White from KennyWhiteSports.com helping us along our way. Mark Lawrence is going to join us uh, coming up in this hour. Two of the very best when it comes to breaking down these games. Kenny, let's dive right back in. Here's a number I just – I'm almost like dumbfounded a little bit. Just looking at it, Ohio State 
laying 19 to Michigan State, and I know who Ohio State's playing next. On top of it, Ohio State playing Michigan with what's at stake. But, oh, by the way, Michigan State catches an immense break. They lose that game to Purdue, but only fell to number seven. Now, it's a gazillion to one shot probably from seven to get into the final four. But Michigan State's playing for a monster bowl. I just think this is a lot of points with a good football team going against a team looking ahead to their blood rival in one of the biggest Ohio State Michigan games ever. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I you know, it may be a little bit of a look ahead knowing you're a three touchdown favorite. And I don't know, at number seven, Michigan State, you, do you really think it's that far of a long shot if they if they beat Ohio well, State? Well, if they beat Ohio State and Ohio State beats Michigan, they're in the hunt. Yeah, and I, I even even if Ohio State doesn't beat Michigan, because that would put if Michigan State wins this game and Ohio State beats Michigan, Michigan State wins that side of the Big Ten conference. They're playing in the Big Ten championship game against a Wisconsin team mm-hmm. who's just playing great football right now. So if Michigan State beats Wisconsin, and they're twelve and one. I think Michigan State would be in, but hey, they're a huge underdog here. I like them too. This is too many points. I think the, if, we, if people talk about games are won in the trenches, this is a game where both teams are equal in the trenches because Michigan State has the experience. Uh, Ohio State has tremendous talent, but it's not as experienced as Michigan State. And I think that's, that's where this game can be won. Kenneth Walker III's got to have a big day. Uh, Michigan State's best defense is Kenneth Walker running the football four or five yards in a cloud of dust and, and beating, beating them uh, – at their own game, kind of. But Ohio State now a passing team. Michigan State's weakness, stopping the pass. They allow 330 passing yards a game. So, again, they've got to control the game on the ground with Kenneth Walker. Kenny, we've had these discussions for over 15 years now. I you know, learned a lot of this stuff from you that, you know, again, like we're going to get to Oregon, Utah. I mean, you know, here's Oregon, you know, this, this monster team in the rankings, and they're an underdog. And we've said sometimes you learn more about a team in defeat where you'd even upgrade their rankings. I think. A team like Texas A&M, right? They beat Bama. Oh, my God, big letdown. They didn't have a letdown. They went and ran the other way with it. Michigan State had the big bubble burst thing, and they put it behind them and won their next game. They didn't fall prey to it. And sometimes I think you learn a lot about the heart and the grit of a team in a situation like that. Yeah, no, you're right. A lot of people liked Maryland last week because they thought, well, that's it. Michigan State lost at Purdue. And they're done. And, but no, they came out, played really good. They were at home. They went 40 to 21. I like the bounce back. Uh, well coached football team, Mel Tucker, you know, he's got to earn his money. He got a big contract to take this job. So, uh, he's done a good job. Amazing turnaround in one year for Michigan state. All right, let's move on to Wake Forest and they've got a date with Clemson on the road. Clemson's laying four and a half total on this game is 57 and a half. You know, Wake gets involved in this wild game with a team I know you're in love with, NC State, last week, and they're able to survive. Let me just ask you this point blank. Wake Forest at number 10 in the college football playoff rankings. Are they underrated? No, I think they're a little overrated. I have, okay. I have, them, number, I have them number 20 okay. in the country. This has been a great story. It's a really good team, and they're really well coached. Uh, Dave Clawson is, uh, you know, I, I, I grade these coaches and I, I didn't want to put them in my magazine, the grades, because I don't know, I, when I give a guy a bad grade, I, I, so I, I kind of stepped away from using the grades, but I accidentally left Dave Clawson's grade in there and I have him as an A minus coach. And he has coached to a, really an A plus this year. He's so great coach. We know how good Dabo Sweeney is, 
Dave Clawson might be better. Uh, he just he doesn't get the same type of players. He's not the same type of recruiter that Dabo Sweeney is. But, man, this guy can coach football. So um, I'm really shocked Clemson's the favorite. This is a team that had 129 rushing yards on 40 carries last week versus Connecticut. They averaged less than four yards a carry. They threw for 240 yards, 44 passes, less than six yards a pass against one of the worst defenses in college football. Uh, that's just shocking. You know, it's not just that one game. They've been doing it all year. They average 24 points a game. So you got one team that averages 24. The other averages 44 and a half. This is it a game of passing, game of offense? Uh, no defense still comes up very big. And Clemson's defense is great. They allow just 15 a game. But uh, it's going to be the offense that, that wins this football game. And I think it's going to be Wake Forest. And they're yeah. going gonna to put points up. The other thing, too, Kenny, right? I mean, these are college kids. And what's between the ears and motivation is a big thing at this time of year. And all these kids at Clemson, you know, they know what this time of year meant to them in the past. And they're sitting here, you know, for them kind of treading water and you, you wonder what kind of bounce in their step they have. Here's the only thing that scares me in the ACC Atlantic wake is six and zero after that went over NC state mm -hmm. Clemson's five and two. So even if Clemson wins, Wake still has that half a game lead. They would need to win their last game of the year. Uh, I think it's at Boston College. I don't know. I didn't write it down, but I just thought about that. I'm looking it up right now. They would have to win their last game. It is at Boston College. So Boston College just got their quarterback back. But why wouldn't you want to win the conference here? Obviously, sure. they, they would. But athletes get that feeling that, you know, you you're, you got a two a, a game and a half lead or a two game lead in the loss column. And this, even if we lose this week, we're, if somebody says that to the players, even if we lose this week, we're still in first place. Yeah. Players let up. That's right. The, the well, only reason. You know, I mean, that's when a guy like Sweeney, I mean, honestly, God, you know, culture for championships. This is when a guy like Sweeney really earns his money to keep these guys together, keep them focused. The only thing that I can say that they, uh, somebody will not say that is that. Clemson has beat Wake Forest 12 straight years now, and they beat them 37-13 last year um, at Wake. Um, I just got a feeling Wake, Wake would not do nothing more to go to Clemson and win on their field and win the division on their field. That, that makes me, me saying that makes me feel so much better about my Wake Forest play now. All right, let's move on to the Iowa State-Oklahoma game. Oklahoma laying three and a half. The total on the game is 59 and a half. Kenny, we always talk about the bubble burst theory. It's given us a lot of winners this year. It has forever and a day. My God, I mean, this deep in the season, this is the definition of a bubble burst. Oklahoma, a chance to play for a national championship. That ship has sailed coming off their first loss of the year. And, you know, Iowa State, you know, listen, it's a good football team. Iowa State always has that monster upset in them, and then they stub their toe in a goofy game. But it just looks like an awful spot for Oklahoma. Well, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate that if I'm Lincoln Riley, I'm selling my team on this. We win out. We beat Iowa State. We beat Oklahoma State, two ranked teams. Mm -hmm. And we win the Big 12 championship game. And we finish 12-1 and one with three straight wins over ranked teams. We're playing in the national championship. I'm selling them that. It may not happen, but I'm selling them that today. And we got to get over that loss. We got to bounce back, and we've got to beat Iowa State this weekend. Well, we're so, a victim, you know, but I mean, in, in what you're saying rings true. But this is the goofy thing when we try to find a way to determine who plays in these games. 
Oklahoma's problem is they're a victim of when they lost. That they drop all the way to 13. Yeah, they can, but they get so many teams. Have they lost that game in week three? They're they're you know number five now. It's it's when they lost the guy. That's true. That's that's very true. So I think they have to they they may not have a shot. But if I'm Lincoln Riley, I'm telling my team that we win three straight games over ranked teams, we're in. First of all, let's start focus right now. Iowa State. Iowa State beat us last year, 37-30. We need the revenge factor here. So um, I have Oklahoma ranked number six in the country. Iowa State number 12. Matt Campbell's done a great job with this program. Up, up against the Kenny. Yeah, no, okay, sorry, Brad. No, no, no. you got to take a quick timeout. Kenny's got a boomerang bag. He's got a big play for us at the end of the program. Invite you to keep it right here on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Sirius 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Brian Blessing, glad to be with you. And we are ready to do the deep dive on the Saturday menu of college football with our dear friend Mark Lawrence from PlaybookSports.com. A bevy of games, Mark, before we get into the specifics of these games. Just this time of year, we got look-ahead spots. We've got some rivalry games this week, rivalry games next week, teams being motivated to get bowl eligible. There's a lot on the docket. That well-oiled machine. I hope you got an extra can of, ten, uh, uh, what do you call it, 10W40, buddy, because that thing's got to be cranking. Yeah, our garage right now is stocked with Pennzoil, believe me. And it's, <laughs> we're going through it <laughs> faster than water right now. But it's that time of the year, Brian, and you know, we really love this stuff, looking to these look-ahead type situations. Uh, so we'll keep the well-oiled machine satisfied from now until the end of the football season. You can rest assured. All right, let's go. Let's start uh, on Saturday. Virginia Tech is an interesting uh, little situation going on here. In your backyard, playing Miami, Hurricanes laying eight, total of the game 56, 56 and a half. But we got a coaching situation that's part of this equation. Yeah, we do. And, you know, the other side of the coin is we're going to probably likely have another coaching situation in the same game. It might not occur this week, but I'm going to be utterly surprised if uh, Manny Diaz is around coaching the Miami Hurricanes next football season here. There's too many changes that are taking place within the within the uh, university right now. A new athletic director is coming in, and they usually want their own people at the helm. And they, people have been demanding uh, Diaz's skin here for a long time. So I think that's about to happen. Justin Fuentes out the door right now as we speak. And I think, truthfully, Brian, simply put, there's nothing I don't think that Manny Diaz can do to change any of that at this stage of the of the season right now. They can win football games, but it's still going to end up being a disappointing season for the Canes here. And when you make a coaching change like Virginia Tech did, it's really, really difficult to gauge because you don't know if the players were all into the coach. 
uh, or they wanted him gone. Uh, and that's part of the reason that they didn't perform. But my best guess is all the players in this Virginia Tech team were recruited by Fuente. The, the reason he's there is because of Fuente, and I think they'll come and play hard in his honor this particular week. You know, the one thing that's different, Mark, college than the NFL, right? There's no Black Monday. Uh, if these administrations are making a change, these guys start getting shown the trap door with three, four weeks left in a season. Yeah, it's really, really difficult. It's difficult not only on the coaches, the, uh, the coaching staff, the players, and everything else. And, you know, from what we do, it makes it a little, a little bit more difficult here, too, anticipating those moves, why they're happening, and uh, will they happen. So, But it comes. It comes with the territory. And we're gonna. this won't be the last coaching change we'll see between now and the start of the bowl games. And hey, let's talk about Sierra now, letdown spots. There's a lot of angles here, and just generally speaking, things that just look and make sense on paper, but do they? Syracuse at NC State. Wolfpack laying eleven and a half total on the game. Uh, let's call fifty and a half the consensus. NC State huge game last week, up and down the field, come up just short against Wake Forest. Is this a letdown spot for NC State? Well, it's certainly not a get-up spot. That's for sure. Uh, you know they had their chance the last week, and you know Syracuse. They probably put their worst performance of the season together last week. Uh, which of the two teams can bounce back best here? I like the value at Syracuse in the contest here. Statistically, I thought they were the most improved team in all of college football this year going into last week. They had won the yards in eight of their nine football games. They were out-yarded in every game they played the previous season. Dramatic improvement by the Orange here, but they were obviously waylaid last week here. I think Syracuse reverts back to the good things that they've been doing, and I think it's going to be difficult for NC State to get up for the Orange this week. Mark, Michigan State was a able to avoid the old bubble burst deal after rocketing into the top four, lose to Purdue. They were able to come back and survive, and they got a win last week. Now they're taking on Ohio State, and that number's monster. 19.5, total 68.5. Is this a lack of respect for Michigan State, this number? I think it's a combination, a lack of respect, and also everybody wanting to hop on this Ohio State freight train, which appears to be willing to wanting to pull out of uh, right now at this stage of the football season here. Uh, they lead the country in total yards uh, gained this, this football season and in team scoring, the Buckeyes do. And their defense is really coming around now. They've held three of the last four opponents to season low yards. Those are all the things you want when you're talking about um, getting ready to make an appearance in the college football playoff. But I think it's an overlay. Yes, but, but, but we're going to say what I was going to say. Yes, I know, but in, in the next game we're going to talk about the same thing. But Ohio State's playing Michigan next week. That's exactly. We're thinking just exactly the same. And you know, there you, you can't refute that fact that the Buckeyes do have Michigan up on deck next week, and suddenly this year Michigan is relevant which means that the look-ahead possibilities are uh, even more ominous for Ohio State. And throw in the fact that the last seven times uh, in games before Michigan, the Buckeyes have lost the money all seven times. I think this is way too many points to lead to a Michigan State football team. you got to call Michigan State the Rodney Dangerfield play yeah. this particular week. They are getting no respect at all. Um, and they haven't really done anything wrong at all thus far this football season here. The Buckeyes are laying as many points to uh, Michigan State as they did to Purdue last week, okay? 
Uh, and you know, if you take these two teams out on a, on a neutral field, I know who would be who would be the touchdown favorite in that football game. I just think there's a lot of value here in this football game in this contest here with Michigan State. And the Michigan spot may be even worse because they're going on the road. Michigan is laying 14 and a half, 15 points at Maryland with Ohio State on deck and a lot on the line. It's one of those situations that uh, occurs a lot. Uh, and, and, if, and if you want to draw a parallel to the two teams, I would think that between Ohio State and Michigan, they have a better chance of losing both games to the spread than they do covering both games to the spread. And I think at the very worst, a person would split that ticket out. So, yeah, i got to put Michigan on the fade list here again this week. Uh, they've answered just about every call that they've been put forth, Michigan has. But as you say here, they do have Ohio State up on deck next week. And the last four years that they've done that, they've won the money only one time. Uh, Maryland's not much, but it's still... But I think the look-ahead situation prevails in a game like this. I'll tell you, Mark, I mean, you know, we sit here and we look at the the big picture, Georgia, Bama, Oregon, Ohio State, top four, Cincy, Michigan, Michigan State at seven. I don't know. Michigan State wins this game and they get some help. I mean, I don't know how far they can climb up. But the intrigue here is Oregon sitting there. You know, when you lose matters, they beat Ohio State, and that certainly flattered them. But you've got Oregon sitting there at number three, and they're catching three and a half points at Utah. The total there's 59. A, all this stuff's on the line for Oregon. And B, there's a real chance these teams meet in a couple of weeks back here in Vegas in the Pac-12 title game. You know, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, but the, the the sad fact of the matter is uh, if Oregon loses this game, they will not be playing in the college football playoffs. So they have a little bit more, I think, online to play for here. Not that Utah doesn't, but it's also a head-scratching line to me. Uh, you know, it's, these are two football teams that you're talking about the number three team in the college football rankings. Uh, t- well, Utah's still rated in the rankings here, unlike a team that's ranked in the rankings in the top 10 taking almost 20 points. We're, I'm, I'm falling back to the Michigan State game again here. But I still think there's plenty of value here to Oregon in this football game here. And it's also a little bit of a Rodney Dangerfield situation for the Ducks, knowing that they're the underdog in this football game. Notre Dame's in the playoff discussion. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just being stubborn. I, just, I don't think they should be, but they are. And they've got teams ahead of them that could cannibalize each other. But Notre Dame is sitting here laying 17, 17 and a half to Georgia Tech. The total on the game is 59 and a half. They catch the break of a lifetime playing Virginia without their quarterback. Uh, that could have been a banana peel. But they move on, and they've got Stanford next week. But, Mark, do style points matter for a team like Notre Dame in these last two games to the point where you score as much as you can? I think being in the position where they are right now in the college football playoff rankings, they do. And I think that's the attitude that they'll be, they'll be playing with, the approach they'll be taking in, in games like this. It's just that I don't think uh, Georgia Tech, I think this is, again, way too many points to lay to a Georgia Tech football team that is not bad. I mean, they're, they're not they're not really good. They're, they've lost four games in a row, but and they're reeling. But the the fact of the matter is it's this game is being priced because Notre Dame is wanting to knock on that college football playoff door. And wanting to and doing to are, are two different things. Sometimes when you when you're priced like they are, 
the pressure begins to mount on a team like Notre Dame here. I just think it's too many points for the Irish to lay. All right, Mark. Yeah, we got a minute here for this. Let's do uh, next week's opponent for Notre Dame, Stanford, who's playing the big game. I mean, they've got their rival this week, Notre Dame next week. Uh, Cal's a one-and-a-half-point favorite at Stanford, 45-and-a-half the total. You know what hit me between the eyes this week, Brian, when doing the newsletter this week is uh, – Throughout all of everything going on in the college football world, the college football playoff, the talk to expand the playoff, uh, so forth and whatnot, what's been lost in all of this is the traditional rivalries, California and Stanford. Uh, to the young kids today, uh, downloading their app, they don't even know that this is a rivalry. Yeah. But these two schools do. You know, these two schools do. It's, it's really, really difficult. And sometimes you'll find that the, the rival dog that's off the loss ends up being the better player. But I'm a little bit concerned about Stanford. I'm going to sit back and just watch this game. Yeah, man. You can't. You can never lose that tradition in those rivalries. And you're right. No. I mean, sometimes the playoff does kind of uh, skew things and mess those fun days up. Hey, we got a lot more information on the busy college menu on Saturday with Mark Lawrence on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Keep it right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Absolutely one of our favorite days of the week when we talk college football with Mark Lawrence. Spectacular information, playbooksports.com. And what a time of year, the last two weeks of the season. So many cool angles and opportunities for us on the wagering board. Let's get back to Mr. Lawrence. And let's go to one of the games that's a big rivalry game this week, and that's UCLA, three and a half at USC, Mark. Total there is 65 and a half. Yeah, it's not often you'll find Southern Cal a home dog. Even in this rivalry, you don't find them a home dog all that often. Uh, and in fact, they dress them up as a home dog off a of back-to-back losses. They're a perfect 6-0 and to the number. I think this is a big game for Southern Cal here. One, to stop the bleeding. And two, to uh, maybe let not let UCLA take over the football talk in town there. This is, a, this is a game for a lot of recruiting bragging rights, if you will. And if you take a look at Southern Cal thus far this football season here, they've played much better than their record indicates. They've outyarded seven of their nine opponents thus far this football season here. Uh, they went through this coaching turmoil change, and I think it affected the team here, obviously, in the scoreboard here. But I'm going to look for a big effort by Southern Cal in this football game. I think they take UCLA down. So you think the horse is going to be running all over the sidelines? I think the horse is up and down the sidelines. Yes, I do. <laughs> just, just like you at Gulfstream Park, man. There you go. Yes, there you go. At uh, the finish line, yes. Hey, how about it? Auburn and South Carolina. And you look at this game. Auburn laying seven and a half. How big is that hook? The total in the game is 44-and-a-half. Auburn knows Bama is in the on-deck circle. They do, and they're going to have to get the job done without Bo Nix, uh, which is going to be a, a little bit of a heavyweight handicap to overcome for Auburn in a football game like this. But this South Carolina football team, uh, they're reeling right now. They've only covered one of the last five football games. 
And, you know, they've got a big game themselves up on deck next week with Clemson. So I think, you know, Bama, Clemson on deck for either team squashes that notion aside for both sides in the game. The game, I think, becomes much, much more important to Auburn in a football game like this, uh, knowing that they're likely to take a loss in that Alabama football game. And you've also got Brian Harson needs to uh, end up making a, a, a good showing here because it's his first year in the SEC recruiting-wise, and he's the new guy in the block and needs to make every bit of an impression as he can. I think he can do just that against this Gamecock football team. Mark, what do you make of Bama this year? Okay, we got the game. This week, they're hosting Arkansas. Total side is 21 and a half. Now, you know, Bama had the close scare with Florida. They do end up losing a game to Texas A&M. They survive against LSU. Okay, and there they go. They threw their sacrificial lamb on the schedule last week with New Mexico State. I just wonder, well, what do we make of it? We know they're very, very, very good, but we know what they've been in recent years. And Arkansas comes off a win where they feel like they're really building something and they won the boot, right? I mean, they got the W over LSU. Arkansas has got to be feeling good about themselves and Bama's got Auburn next week. Yeah, Bama does have Auburn next week. Uh, I don't know how that's going to affect this particular football game because Bama is really putting together exactly what Nick Saban wants this team to do, and that's putting a stifling defense together to go with their offense. It's been missing for the first half of the football season, but if you take a look at uh, what they've allowed, they've held six opponents to season-low yards, including each of the last four games in a row. That's the numbers that Alabama's football teams, the great Alabama football teams, have put together in the past, just that stifling defense. Georgia gets all the ink because of that, but don't look now. Alabama's defense is going to go toe-to-toe with the dogs when they do meet. And they've also dominated Arkansas the last two years in the series. They've outscored them 100 to 10. I think they have a feeling like we can dominate this Arkansas football team again here. I like Bama minus the points in this game. All right, Mark, this is back to the bubble burst thing. We've talked about this forever. It doesn't work every week. It works most weeks. And we said, SMU, they suffered that loss and said, look out. They got a problem on their hands. It's the old bubble burst theory. So sure enough, they go and lose back-to-back weeks, and everybody thinks they're no good. And that's just the reaction that we've seen from teams forever and a day. And now they're playing Cincinnati, who has all the pressure in the world on them. And since he's laying 11 and a half, the total 65, SMU gets back on track with a win last week. With the loss and the bubble burst in the rearview mirror, is this a banana peel for Cincinnati? I think Cincinnati has been skirting around a lot of banana peels here of late. And now in SMU, they're going to have a team that they can really fully focus on. They played to lesser caliber opposition here in the past and kind of caught themselves playing down to that opposition, if you will. I think the huge edge in this game is Cincinnati's defense here, which is absolutely terrific. It's much, much superior to that of SMU, uh, over 90 yards better in that particular sense. I like Cincinnati at home in this contest here. SMU had their run. They had their bubble burst. And I know they can pull the rug out on Cincinnati here and make themselves feel awfully good about what they did. Uh, 
But with Cincinnati number five in the college football playoffs here, I think they go full force, full focus against SMU and get the job done on Saturday. All right, you just made the case for me. I love doing this when we talk things out of it. I got an idea or an opinion of my own and talk to you. Sometimes maybe I throw something back at you. Who knows? You know, you're dope if you don't listen. And I'm sitting there looking at this game. Now, which way I was going to go from a side perspective, but I think you drove the point home. I think this is a correlated parlay because you talked about Cincinnati's defense. If they're the difference maker, then they're going to dictate the way this game's played. If you like, I say, if you like Cincinnati, you best be like an under 65 and a half. If you like SMU, you want the game to go over the total because that means they're dictating the style. That's the thinking here, Brian. It depends upon which team you like in this football game as opposed to which side you'll land on the over-under total in the contest here. And I'm a big believer in backing the better defenses, and when you do that, you ultimately end up finding yourself to the underside of most football games. All right, let's go to an interesting game. A lot of Big 12 stuff now. Texas and West Virginia. West Virginia laying three points, totals 56.5, because Texas is still saying, well, what just happened? Well, I know what just happened here. They paid over $40 million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to buy out Tom Herman, and then they shot out another $34 million to Steve Sarkeesian. I think the guy that has to be accountable is the athletic director of Texas for these horrible moves that they're making here. It's uh, the, the, the worst red-faced black eye that Texas has had in memory uh, a long, long time, losing to Kansas. Now they've got to pick themselves up and try and travel on the road with enthusiasm to go into West Virginia where it's always difficult to play football mm-hmm. games. They're always really good in last home games. They've won four in a row, has West Virginia that particular way. I think if uh, if Sarkeesian gets his football team up and wins this game, uh, it's kind of smolders the flames a little bit there. But the fact of the matter is teams who are favorites of 30 or more points and they lose the game straight up, they go MIA the next game, Brian, because the confidence is shot, and I think that will be the case for Texas this Saturday. Yeah, I mean, so so many subplots, and, and you're trying to get between the years of these guys, and it's so much a part of the handicap. It's all right, to that same end, let's go to the Iowa State game with Oklahoma. You know, the advanced number for that, we were looking at Oklahoma like an 8.5-point favorite. It's 3.5-4 Oklahoma coming off the defeat at the hands of Baylor, and the total on the game is 60.5. What is the Sooners' mindset? Well, I think the Sooners' mindset dresses up in the form of a bubble burst this week, and is probably the epitome of a bubble burst. Not only did they have their perfect season ruined, they fell out of the college football playoff rankings right now, and that'll be, be very, very difficult for this team to get back in. Now they have to knock down an Iowa State football team that many figured to be playing Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game before the season began. Iowa State's had a few mishaps of their own, but they're still a deeply, deeply talented football team. And Matt Campbell, as is, uh, is an underdog coming off a loss, is absolutely spectacular. I think the pressure is all on Oklahoma in this game, and I think they'll suffer the effects of the bubble burst. I have to take the points with Iowa State. Baylor comes off the win over Oklahoma. Now they're going on the road to Kansas State, who have won four games in a row, and they're a one-point favorite at home, the total of 50. What is Baylor's mindset here? Are they feeling their oats and running with it, or is it a letdown spot? 
Well, you know, when this game opened up, it opened up Baylor the road favorite, and I had to jump all over that because, you know, there's a letdown here just the same way. Teams who pull the rug out on a team that caused a bubble burst and they have to go out onto the road the next game oftentimes get lost as well in the road. Now, in Kansas State, you got a football team that's playing some really good football right now, playing really, really well at home. And a coach in Chris Kleiman, who is absolutely terrific, uh, when he's at home and coming off a win, he's 8-0 and to the spread with this football team here. I can understand why the move went to Kansas State in the game, and I think it's the right move. I like Kansas State in this contest. All right. We had a similar set of circumstances. Let's say UNLV finally got a win, right? And it's like, okay, what do you do? Are you, do you love the feeling so much, or were you celebrating all week and it gets you the next week? Here's a game. It's a 21-point spread, and you're sitting there going, well, why are you focused on this game? Kansas at TCU, Mark. TCU's laying 21 on a total 64.5. I mean, isn't this like maybe the letdown spot of the year for Kansas? I mean, maybe, maybe hey, look, we're, you know, uh, we like the feeling, and our coach has instilled all these new things in with us, and the future is bright, but... Uh, I just got to believe after a win like that, these these kids' heads in the cloud when they take the field. If you would have told Kansas at the beginning of the football season that they were going to encounter a letdown spot in a game this year, they would have been thrilled. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's like it's like you know when you don't win, you're like, hey, I like the feeling, I want to do it again. But it's human nature; they probably went bananas when they won. They did. <laughs> and you've also got the other side of the equation here. You've got TCU off an embarrassing loss. And I love Jerry Kill as a head coach, their new interim. And he's been terrific in his career uh, in this particular role when coming off a loss here. I think TCU waxes Kansas on this football game. And Kansas could probably care less when they walk off the field dragging their tails because they'll still remember what happened last week. Hey, and um, finally, the get-out game. You get Colorado State at Hawaii. Uh, boy, they got to be loving life. You know, get out of the cold, go to Hawaii, land two and a half. Total in the game is 54. Over the years, Mark, these late games, or the games late in the year with teams going to Hawaii, it's not ended up well for them. No, especially for teams, Brian, that had uh, bowl aspirations, as Colorado State did, and their season has uh, ended abysmally here for uh, the Rams in that sense. So I think this does indeed become a true vacation game for Colorado State. In Todd Graham, the head coach for Hawaii, he's been very, very good in his career when he's been in, at home as an underdog. He's 22-9 and nine to the spread on the blind, just taking points at home. I think this is an ideal spot for Hawaii to pull the rug out in Colorado State. All right, man. You do it every week. The information's great and so many cool angles, fun stuff to dissect. Always appreciate your time. Tell them about all the goodies, Mark. Everything we're doing, Brian's all online at playbooksports.com, our Red Hot Weekly newsletter, our midweek alert, and the Playbook Totals tip sheet. Log on now, download them just in time for the weekend. Or if you're in Vegas, you can visit our friends over at the Gamblers Book Club. He's one of the best and one of the best people you'll ever meet, our pal Mark Lawrence. Thanks, Mark. We'll do it again next week, bud. Hey, my pleasure as always, Brian. Be well, stay safe. All right. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio Series 159, the Sports Good Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
All right, we're wrapping up Vegas Sportsbook Radio, our college football edition. Kenny White is back with us from KennyWhiteSports.com. Game Kenny wanted to uh, talk about. We saved it for you for the end of the program. Baylor at Kansas State. And we're looking at K-State minus one. A total on the game is 50, Kenny, on paper. Phenomenal football game. Yes, it is. Great game. We saw Baylor last week with a big upset over Oklahoma. That was a home game. You know, at, at halftime, I'm watching how these guys came out, and Baylor's players were jumping up and down on the sideline, and mm-hmm. Oklahoma's guys were walking around, and I'm thinking, man, energy. Baylor has all of the energy. They're at home. They should win this game. They did. Uh, it's hard to duplicate that type of energy and that type of performance. And then you're going up against the guy I'm going to tell you about, Chris Kleiman. He is one of the best college football coaches in the country. I put him in the top five. That's a lot being said when he's, he's right there with, with all of the best. He started at North Dakota State. He went 69-6. and six. I think he won four national championships at North Dakota State. And he's gone. He's been at Kansas State the last – this is his third year – Look at what North Dakota State did. They've fallen apart. They're not the powerhouse they used to. And Chris Kleeman was the guy. Now, he took over a program that uh, Bill Snyder went 5-7 and seven his last year. They started to decline, and that's why he retired. Kleeman's 22-11 ATS taken over. 12-6 and six ATS at home. Got a great quarterback in Skylar Thompson, a great running back in Deuce Vaughn. Um, I think Baylor has a letdown. Kansas State controls this game and wins this football game. And it's tough being the guy to follow the guy. It really is. It is tough to be the guy to follow the guy. And it didn't matter here because the real guy is Chris Kleeman. This guy is a great coach. Well, and we've got the guy, Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com, inviting you to check out his website with the newsletter, the power ratings. And also, you know, on the NFL side of things, on Sunday nights, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific, after the Sunday night NFL game, Kenny and I do the opening line report for the NFL, which is great information. Tell you where the number's going to go. That's uh, at KennyWhiteSports.com. Kenny, always appreciate your time, but have a great weekend. Brian, thank you for having me. Yes, uh, have a great weekend yourself, and uh, best of luck to all the listeners. Thanks for joining us, Sirius 159, the Sports uh, Grid Radio Network. Always a treat being with you on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Giving you your U.S. recommended daily allowance of the winning edge. 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. Open wide. (laughs) This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.